It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-2 in the shootout to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas 34-18-5, 73 points on the year. Have their five-game win streak halted but still pick up a standings point. To help us break this one down, we go back to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, you know, Dan, you look at this one, and just throughout the entire game, the Golden Knights just not as sharp as we've seen them of late. Uh, any any reason why the Golden Knights seem to be lacking in some of the details tonight? I'm not sure if there's one reason. You're right in that observation, though, and... There wasn't um, as much finish, of course, today as we have seen in recent games. You figure when you're playing the Blackhawks, you'd be able to put up some impressive offensive numbers. Uh, but now twice this year, the Knights were held to fewer than two goals, or two goals or fewer, against the 27th-ranked defensive team in the league. And a one nothing win against Chicago all the way back in October. And Chicago had a good start to the year. Six of their wins came in the first month of the season. Trouble is they've only had 13 since then. Um, and uh, you figure that there'd be, you know, uh, enough uh, offense in the tank here for the Knights to put up some some goals. And, it you know, they had some close calls. You know, they only had the one power play, couldn't score. Uh, it's almost like the power play is a momentum killer at this point for the Knights. Just was mm -hmm. not good. Yep. Chicago had better looks than the Knights did. Uh, you know, Riley Smith had... I don't know, what did you count, Ryan? Three or four grade-A opportunities, including the one that hits the crossbar late in the game. Yep. And then it comes down to just a veteran player, a you know, world-class defenseman like Alex Petrangelo, putting the puck over the glass in the final minute. You know, if just a couple of little things happen differently there. We're talking about a 2-1 to Vegas victory and an extension of the win streak to six. But, you know, this is the National Hockey League, and if you make mistakes, teams like the Blackhawks can still find ways to pull it off when you've got veterans like... Patrick Kane and Peter Morazic and Tyler Johnson. And what do you know? Even perhaps a budding star and someone like Cole Gutman who uh, got that goal today. Yeah, you know, you, you, I think you hit it right on the head in terms of mistakes, right? Because for the Golden Knights, you, you get a couple of leads in this game and, and you just clamp things down. You don't turn the puck over and it becomes relatively routine. And I think a lot of what Chicago was able to do in this game, the odd man rushes, two-on-one breaks the other way, happened directly because of Golden Knights' mistakes. And I think that's probably the most frustrating thing. Right. The frustration that the coaching staff does not find particularly healthy. You know, There are moments mm -hmm. when, and we heard Bruce Cassidy talk about this with respect to Paul Cotter, a younger player who can get frustrated when, you know, something doesn't happen the way that he thought it should have. Uh, fighting through that frustration and, you know, putting it in the rearview mirror and not letting it affect your game is what the team needs to do. If, if things don't go your way. I mean, you know, Riley Smith, you know, went that long stretch without a goal. Then he finally got one, and it was on a penalty shot. Well, now here he is. It, it, it's, you know, he, he continues to put up points. He's got, what's it now, six points in six games? Um, none today, but, you know, there were several good looks for him and other plays that were close to, you know, setting up Will Carlson that just didn't quite happen. And um, 
you know, just, you know, ending a skid doesn't mean that, you know, that skid is forgotten. And so there probably is more frustration than is healthy for several players. And that may have borne out in several different moments tonight. So when you look at uh, first start in the National Hockey League this season for Loren Brossois, um, I thought he made some solid saves. There was a couple of really big saves there in the third period. What did you, uh, what'd you make of his game? I'd agree. He got better as the night went along. The moment mm -hmm. in the first period where the touch that he makes and almost gives the puck away, you're thinking, oh, no. Like, you want to get into the game. You want to get involved somehow early on, but you don't want it to be in a negative way. And that might have been the case in that uh, first period. But as things went along, I thought he got better and better. And um, you know, as you point out, there were some important saves there down the stretch. The shot that gets by him from uh, Tyler Johnson to tie the game. And that, that was a really good shot. I think also Alec Martinez gets in the shooting lane, so it might have been hard for Brossois to see where it was going. The puck goes top right corner. It's a great shot from Tyler Johnson. You know, he stopped Athanasiu and Kane in the shootout. You know, the Kane kind of beat him <laughs> with the clock, you know, running out. But that's Patrick Game with a slapper. So um, you think about what was surrendered today, the goal that Gutman got. I mean, that was on a breakaway in the first period where Brossois was probably still settling in and the Knights had coughed up the puck in the offensive zone there. Um, so it, it was not a thoroughly impressive performance. It was fine. It was, a, it was a good one, but clearly it wasn't enough today. You just hope that the trajectory continues in a positive trajectory uh, because you don't know how long Aiden Hill might be unavailable. I don't think the Knights want to turn to Michael Hutchinson anytime soon because he hasn't played very much at all, whether in Henderson or elsewhere. So Brossois, uh, I don't know about Thursday's game. Is Hill okay to go? Uh, they say day-to-day. -day. He's not here right now. Sure. Hutchinson was the backup. Yeah. So you figure Brossois is going to get the next game, and that, of course, uh, against the team that drafted him back in 2011. Yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on what, the, what, what it looks like for the Golden Knights on Thursday against Calgary. But let's just pause for a moment on Patrick Kane. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. A lot of it, it really comes down to whether or not Patrick Kane wants to, to move on, right? He's, he's in full control of this situation heading into the trade deadline. But that moment felt a little bit different when he almost beat the buzzer to give Chicago a big win. What, what say you, Dan Duva? What, what was it like in, the, in that moment calling that action? Yeah, I have watched from afar many special moments for the Blackhawks through the years and so many of them in the last 15 years have come with Patrick Kane at the center so even with the five goals in the last couple of games the hat trick against Toronto on Sunday it just felt like the pinnacle that that would happen um, in the final second of overtime and what could be his last game as a Blackhawk we don't know we said that the other day. Maybe a hat trick was his last game as a Blackhawk. They're going to be saying that every day right up until March 3rd <laughs> on trade deadline day. Only one more home game here. And I, I know that uh, they believe the crowd was as large as it was today, over 18,000, because fans know that any one of these games could be the last time they see Patrick Kane in a Blackhawk sweater. It was a special moment. You know, it doesn't count, <laughs> you know, on the scoreboard, but I think the, you know, the way things ended with a shootout win, and, uh, you know, the only thing that might have made it a little bit better, I guess, for the Hawks fans was Kane scoring the shootout goal and essentially winning the game twice, but not to be. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows? But clearly this is a city that has loved its hockey team. They have loved Patrick Kane for his entire career. 
and they, whenever he touched the puck, uh, there was a buzz and uh, mm -hmm. cheering. And you uh, you like to see that in sports. It's special when a player and a, and um, a city can become so close. And uh, we we have a sense of that in Las Vegas. How many uh, players, uh, especially from year one have become so close with the community and um, are viewed as heroes. And that has been the case. And Kane has delivered three Stanley Cups to an organization that's an original six, but had only won three prior to that, 1934, 1938, 1961, and then not again until 2010, 2013, and 2015. Uh, a special moment here, um, and I think that a lot of people who support the Blackhawks want to see uh, the team do right by Patrick Kane. They probably don't want to see him go, but they'll root for him wherever he goes. All right, great stuff as always tonight, Dan. Uh, have a safe trip back, and we will chat with you on Thursday night. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 3-2 loss in the shootout to the Chicago Blackhawks. Golden Knights are next in action on Thursday at 6 p.m., inside T-Mobile Arena against the Calgary Flames. It's a 6 p.m. puck drop pregame show. We'll start at 5, but let's go to Bruce Cassidy. I don't have a good answer for that. How did you think your goalie played tonight in his first game? Uh, he was very good. Gave us a chance to win. Um, you know, the, the goals that beat him were good shots. Uh, made some good saves, and we broke down in front of him. Uh, especially early on, I get tested there. Uh, you know, guys were getting behind us. Or, you know, we didn't play a very respectful game at all, so he was there for us when we, um, you know, broke down and just basic system coverages. So uh, I liked his game. How encouraging is it, just given the injury bug that's bitten, the goaltending department, to see that performance from him right out of the bat? Well, we needed it, obviously. Um, you know, we just weren't good enough in front of him for the full 60 minutes. We had times we were, but um, we'll see how Eden is when we get back. But uh, it was encouraging for him. I mean, he's played in the league, too, though. I mean, he's been getting some work in, in uh, Henderson. So, uh, obviously, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm not surprised. He's had good games in this league. How tough a break is that with that late penalty in regulation? Well, we did that the other night, right? It's, that's on us a little bit, right? you gotta, you got to manage it a little better. Time and score, situational hockey. You know, maybe it's just a, more of a lower rim. Um, so I don't look at it that way. We did it the other night. Veteran guys, they just have to manage it better in those situations. The first period, you get it. But late in the game, just got to bear down. That was Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 3-2 loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. We are back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Postgame Show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance Postgame Show, the Vegas Golden Knights. Fall 3-2 in the shootout to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas 34-18-5, 73 points on the year, tops in the Pacific Division. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital, the Vegas Golden Knights. Logan Thompson still out, lower body injury. Aiden Hill did not travel with the team to tonight's game. Loren Brossois got the start. Michael Hutchinson backed up. Aiden Hill described as taking a bump against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. Listed as day-to-day, -day. so we'll see what ends up happening for the Vegas Golden Knights when it comes to goaltenders going into Thursday night's game against the Calgary Flames. But right now, it looks like it's Laurent Brossois' net, and as you heard from Bruce Cassidy just a couple of moments ago, 
Laurent Brossois was about the only player that Bruce was complimentary toward. And when you kind of look at the entirety of the game and, and how things went for the Vegas Golden Knights, I, I think you can understand why that's the case. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We'll go back to the first period. We talked about this being a prototypical trap game. We talked about how the Vegas Golden Knights needed to do a really good job setting the tone early, and it took them just over three minutes to find the lead as Keegan Colasar finished off a great play by Nick Waugh. Waugh finds Colasar coming in. Colasar set up a Brett Howden goal to start the scoring for Vegas last game. Now they do it again! Colasar finishes! Vegas takes the lead 1-0. Keegan Colasar's sixth of the year from Nick Waugh at 326. The first period made it one to nothing Vegas. Then just past the midway point of the period, Chicago took advantage of an offensive zone turnover as Cole Gutman sped in on a breakaway and tied the game. Vegas had a face-off win. Smith fed the middle for Amadio. It goes the other way down the middle. Score! Cole Gutman! His second goal in his fourth NHL game. Chicago has tied it. Cole Gutman, second of the year from Tyler Johnson and Taylor Radish, 12-39 of the first period, tied the game at one. We'd head to the second period tied at one, and it did not start well for Vegas. The Blackhawks hemmed them in and generally carried the run of play. However, thanks to a great play by Jack Eichel in the neutral zone, the Golden Knights would regain the lead as Eichel put in his 18th goal of the year. Intended for Jonathan Marcheseau. We'll try again. It's a two-on-one. Eichel with Marcheseau. Eichel shoots, and he scores! Jack Eichel for the Knights. Vegas takes a two-to-one lead. 8.28 to go, second period. Jack Eichel from Shea Theodore, 11.32 of the second period, made it two-to-one Vegas. The Golden Knights would take that 2-1 lead into the third period, and because Chicago pushed and the Golden Knights didn't really come out with the same attention to detail, Lorraine Brossois would have to be good making our AAA insurance save of the game. McNabb watching. Now Jones a shot. Pad save, Brossois. Puck to the near side. Kept in by Tyler Johnson. Jones feeds across to the right. Kane shoots. Save. At the skates. Covered up. Brossois made the save upright. Quickly came down to his knees and got it covered for the whistle. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. So that Loren Brossois save kept it a 2-1 game. And late in the period, Alex Petrangelo took a delay a game penalty. The Chicago Blackhawks pulled Peter Mrazek from the net to make it a six on four, and Tyler Johnson tied the game with just 55 seconds left. Tyler Johnson scores! The Hawks win the draw. Tyler Johnson from the top of the left wing circle scores a power play goal to tie the game. 2-2 with a minute to play. Seventh goal of the year for Tyler Johnson, a power play goal. The assist to Patrick Kane and Max Domi, 19.05 of the third period, tied the game at two. We'd head to overtime. Both teams had some looks. Both teams had some chances. And then at the end of overtime, Patrick Kane found himself on a breakaway. He let a slap shot go. It beat Loren Brossois, but upon review, not the clock. 
Stevenson behind. He's centered. Stick check. And now it's Kane with two seconds to go. Does he have enough clock? A slap shot. He scores! As overtime expires, Patrick Kane in the final second wins it for Chicago. Three to two Hawks. After reviewing the play, it was determined that the time was expired. Therefore, no more. Oh. So not only was the goal taken off the board, but the moment was erased as well. It looked like Patrick Kane had given the Chicago Blackhawks a win at the buzzer. It was not to be. So he'd head to the shootout. Jack Eichel, Paul Cotter, and Jonathan Marcheseau all missed their opportunities, which set up Tyler Johnson's chance to win it in the shootout. Johnson, the righty, starts left. Top of the left circle. Towards the net. He scores! And there you have it, 3-2, to two, the final score. The Chicago Blackhawks defeat the Vegas Golden Knights in the shootout. Vegas falls to 34-18-5, and five, 73 points on the year. Still tops, though, in the Pacific Division. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. When the Vegas Golden Knights hit the road, check out one of the team's official watch parties. The next is set for Monday, February 27th at Nacho Daddy in Henderson. You can catch the game and enjoy great food and drink with the VGK cast as the Golden Knights face the Avalanche that night. In Colorado, it's the AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall three to two in the shootout to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas falls to 34, 18, and five, 73 points on the year. As I mentioned, that is tops in the Pacific Division. Just kind of a, a quick overview of where things are right now in the Pacific. The Golden Knights, as I mentioned, tops in the division, 73 points. LA lost tonight to the Minnesota Wild, so they've got 71 points, two points back of the Vegas Golden Knights. Seattle and Edmonton tied at 70 points, so three points back of Vegas. And then the Golden Knights' next opponent, the Calgary Flames, 63 points, so 10 points back of Vegas. Those are favorable math equations if you're looking at it uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, especially that that swing between Vegas and Calgary. However, however, that's what makes Thursday night's game so important for the Vegas Golden Knights. Quick note, it is a home game for Vegas. It is a nationally televised game. It's a 6 o'clock puck drop. So pregame show is going to go at 5 o'clock in your seats, ready to go for a 6 o'clock puck drop at T-Mobile Arena on Thursday. Now, I think part of what is so frustrating about tonight's game against Chicago is you you can find ways to win at various points of the year. It's an 82-game season. We've seen ebbs and flows, ups and downs. We talked about this being a trap game, but there were a lot of reasons for the Golden Knights not to play into that noise. There were a lot of reasons going into this game for the Golden Knights to not fall victim to the trap game. And and the main one for me, the main one going into this one was Loren Brossois. Was he shaky at the beginning of the game in terms of his touches around the net? Yeah, absolutely. Playing the puck, handling the puck, you're Darren Elliott talk about it. Like there were some unique and special types of of plays early on that just kind of made you made you realize Loren Brossois is not playing at this pace in the AHL. 
It just is what it is. They're different leagues. You're not going to be up to speed. However, in terms of where he was in, in his crease, reading plays, being on his posts and, and marking his spots, making those saves, I thought Brossois was good at stopping the puck, and you heard it from Bruce Cassidy after the game. Laurent Brossois gave the Golden Knights a chance to win. Laurent Brossois was really solid in this game. Not great, not, not over the top, didn't steal anything for you, but he was solid. Like You go on the road, now it's your, quote, third-string goaltender. You go on the road, you allow less two goals or less, you should win that hockey game, especially for a team that had been scoring as much as the Golden Knights have of late. You had a lead going into the third period. For the Golden Knights, if it's that should be automatic. And so it's details, right? It's details in Alex Petrangelo putting the puck over the glass. It's details in having to kill off a six-on-four power play, essentially in regulation. It's details in converting on three-on-one opportunities that you have in the third period to extend your lead to three-to-one or finding a goal on the power play earlier on in the game. Those are all moments within this 60-minute effort where the Golden Knights could have made life easier on themselves and it just didn't happen and sometimes you'll win hockey games that way it is okay to have your b game it is okay over an 82 game season to have your b game so long as you get the job done so long as you come away with two points now you get a standings point that's important you're you're not going to be you know, you're, you're going to accept that. You're going to take that. You wanted to, you'll take one. right? The Golden Knights have 11 out of a possible 12 points coming out of the bye week in the All-Star break. You'll take that all day long. Especially when you look at the teams that they have played and the competition that they have measured up against. However, you wanted to see a continuation from what they were able to do on Saturday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You wanted to see that bleed through here tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks, and I don't think the Golden Knights ever really got off the ground tonight. They just never really got off the ground tonight. And they almost won. It almost was a 2-1 victory, pretty run-of-the-mill routine for Vegas, but unfortunately the mistakes caught up with them, and they fed into what the Chicago Blackhawks do best, transition offense, elite high-end skill on the, for the players that still have elite high-end skill, and it bit the Golden Knights. It cost them a point. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Now you have to get everything back on the rails and get up for a big-time game at home against the Calgary Flames. That's really going to be the test now for the Golden Knights. Without a real close or, or, or deep understanding of when Aiden Hill will be back, what the timeline looks like on Logan Thompson. We know Mark Stone's out for a while. Trade deadline is looming just about 10 days away. There are some questions that need to be answered for the Golden Knights, and they've got to answer them on Thursday against the Calgary Flames. We're back to wrap it up next on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show, the Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-2 to the Chicago Blackhawks in the shootout. Vegas 34-18-5, 73 points on the year. Next in action, Thursday at 6 o'clock inside T-Mobile Arena against the Calgary Flames. Again, Thursday, 6 o'clock puck drop. 5 o'clock pregame show. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. 
The Golden Knights jump out to an early lead. Chicago sticks around by virtue of the Golden Knights and an offensive zone turnover. Then the Golden Knights take a lead in the second period after not playing particularly well, and it's a couple of mistakes late. Petrangelo throws the puck over the glass, and then you lose a faceoff. You don't tie up your man. You get in the passing lane or you get in the shooting lane, and it's a tying goal with 55 seconds left for Tyler Johnson. That's really what it was tonight. The Golden Knights' mistakes fed into allowing Chicago to stick around, fed into Chicago taking advantage, and all of a sudden, a game where the Golden Knights had a 2-1 lead with 55 seconds left, two minutes left in regulation, should have been two points on the board, now is just one standings point, and it feels like you let one get away, even though you didn't play particularly well. That one's going to sting for the Golden Knights, but fortunately, they get right back in action on Thursday at 6 o'clock against the Calgary Flames. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. Presented by Dollar Loan Center, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-2 the final score. Chicago defeats Vegas in the shootout. Vegas gets a standings point, 34-18 and 573 points on the year tops in the Pacific Division. However, the Golden Knights' win streak halted at five. And this is one of those games where you look at it and you say, turn these into automatic points. You have to turn these into two points in the bank for the Vegas Golden Knights. You, you love 5-0 and coming out of the break. You love the way that they played on Saturday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You wanted to see a continuation of that, and tonight it, it was mistakes for me. That was the story in this one for the Golden Knights. Too many mistakes, too many turnovers, and it fed into allowing Chicago to stick around in a game they probably shouldn't have been able to stick around in. That's the reality, that's the truth, and that's where I think a lot of the frustration that I'm seeing is probably going to come from. However, however, let's just pump the brakes on that a little bit. Golden Knights still tops in the Pacific Division, uh, also tops in the Western Conference, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and, and the other thing to, to kind of keep in mind is the Golden Knights 5-0-1, so points in every single game coming out of the bye week. I think this was a blip. I don't think that this is the direction the Golden Knights are going to go in, but we'll, we'll kind of explore that later on. I'm curious to find out what you think. 702 876-1340 is the number, 702-876-1340. We got a little crazy uh, Saturday night after the Tampa Bay Lightning game, so why not do that again tonight? Wall-to-wall calls, first-place team, a 3-2 loss in overtime to the Chicago Blackhawks. What did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? And what are you expecting on Thursday? 702-876-1340. Let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, there's about a hundred different things we could talk about tonight, and not the least of which was the fact that you and I thought about this game the same way. I, I thought it was a trap, but I thought we'd sidestep the trap and eat the cheese and run on to win. And we didn't do that, did we? I mean, two minutes away from it, right? 55 seconds away from it. Like, yeah. you know, it, it was right there for them. Um, but I mean, they they were uncharacteristic mistakes all night long, and you know, for, in a, in a, you, in a you could hear famer, it, right? 
like Alex Petrangelo, and the man is we're we're so lucky to have him. But what causes him to elevate the puck like that with two minutes to go in the game? I think he's trying to make a play, Mike. He's trying to go yeah. off the off the glass and out, right? Like, it, it, why why does anyone do anything in the in in the game? They're trying to make a play. Like, now was it the right play? You can you can argue with it all you want to. I, I trust Alex Petrangelo's judgment ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. He airmailed it. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Alec Martinez uh, against Tampa. They didn't. Uh, it didn't come back to bite them. But you know, sometimes you, you get lucky. Sometimes you don't. And tonight it wasn't lucky for the Golden Knights. Now, now, is there any concern? Three of the last nine games have gone to overtime. We've lost all three. We've left three points on the ice in the last nine games. Is that just a blip? I. I mean. In, like it's you're talking about three on three overtime, right? It's well, the, in uh, over but all three games, three of the last nine went OT, and we lost every one of them. Right, I, I'm not terribly concerned about it because in in the playoffs, if you go to overtime, you're playing five on five. Three on three is hockey, but it's not the same as five on five. You're you're not going to judge a team based on how well they play at three-on-three. In fact, I I mean, look at the Dallas Stars. They've got 12 overtime or shootout losses so far on the year. Like, that's a team that cannot seem to figure it out in the extra extra frame. But when you get to the playoffs, it doesn't really matter because you're going five-on-five anyway. And they're a great team. So, really, you're right. It doesn't matter. It certainly shouldn't to them. Uh, The elephant in the room is Patrick Kane. And I've lived in both cities for many years. And Patrick Kane is the guy who's going to probably move. But if you're the general manager and you're sitting up in your private box watching Patrick Kane, aren't you? Don't you have a little bit of mixed emotions right now? Like I can't trade him no matter what unless he agrees, and he hasn't agreed yet, or at least he hasn't publicly agreed. And is it possible that because Brasson is his agent, uh, you know, you know who I mean? Uh, his dad would be the agent and his son plays for the Golden Knights. Does that have anything to do with the trade or not? I I don't I I don't think there's a trade on the board, right? I I don't know. It, well, Mike, the, the the reality of the situation is it, it's gonna be up to Patrick Kane, right? As and 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 not just um not just if he gets traded, but essentially where he gets traded to. Because like Patrick Kane isn't going to waive his no-move clause to go to a team he doesn't want to go to. So regardless of which teams are linked to Patrick Kane, which teams he's, he's let out that he's interested in, whatever it is, it doesn't matter unless Patrick Kane says, okay, I'm willing to move this, but only to X or Y team. And that's really the, the long and the short of it. it. It really depends on what Patrick wants to do. And the only timeline that he's on is March 3rd. So I think we should just kind of get ready to wait a little while longer until he figures that one out. And the other thing, too, is in case people don't know this statistic, because I looked it up, um, he's had 397 points in power plays in his illustrious career. So I know he would help our power play. He'd have to, wouldn't he? You would think so. Um, but it depends, right? Are you going to move the puck quicker or are you going to hang on to it? Because <laughs> what we've seen out of the Golden Knights is the, the more they hold on to a puck 
And, and Patrick Kane loves having the puck on his stick. He loves to hang on and find those seams. If they're not there and they haven't been there for the Golden Knights, it leads to a pretty stagnant power play. So it, it's great to think about, okay, maybe he's going to be the, the thing that, that kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. But if you think about how he plays on the power play, the, the, the things that he tries to do, it's very similar to how the Golden Knights are operating their power play now, and there just isn't enough puck movement to get the puck in the, in the net consistently. And that's why I love your anal- analysis, because, see, I never even thought about that in his style in the extra periods. But I appreciate it. Be safe, because mm-hmm. your drive home is no picnic tonight. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate that. I, I will um, I will be safe. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I I understand the allure of Patrick Kane, and maybe maybe we'll um, maybe we'll kind of go on on that tangent if that's the direction you want to go tonight. I, we can talk Patrick Kane. I can think of a couple of different takes or angles on it. But for the Golden Knights, um, do you do you want a player like Patrick Kane? Is he a difference maker in the playoffs? Probably. Even still at his age, right? He is capable. We've seen him find ways over the last weekend, right, to to impact the game in a positive way to show everyone in the hockey world that he's still got it. However, do I think he's the right player based on what, I, what I'm hearing Bruce Cassidy talk about, the, the type of play that he wants to see from the Golden Knights, how you win in the playoffs? I don't know. That's a really interesting question, but but one that I'm not sure I have a full definitive answer on as we inch closer and closer to the trade deadline. 702-876-1340. That's the number. If you want to talk Patrick Kane, we can do that. If you want to talk the Golden Knights, we can do that too. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So it was kind of a stinker of a game to end like that and then have to kind of sit through losing twice, essentially. But, I mean... Mm -hmm. On the bright side, this is six games in a row since the All-Star break that we've gotten points from, um, which uh, you can't say about some of the teams that are chasing us. Um, the Kraken have lost a couple since then. Um, a lot of a lot of the inner division, the division, sorry, a lot of the games by the other teams in our division have kind of gone our way. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they haven't lost every game, but you know we've we've done enough to keep climbing in the standings and some of the other teams have been doing us a solid and beating the teams in the Pacific. So, you know, I can't, can't be mad about getting at least a point out of the game tonight. Like it just was not a good, like the game didn't feel good listening to it. Mm-hmm. Like it just mm-hmm. felt like they were struggling the entire game. Um, great job to Brossois though, especially um, the first part of the second period. Like he definitely kept them in that when they were, really on the defensive with the Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought Loren Brossois was was really solid for the Golden Knights. Not spectacular by any stretch, but solid. As far as it being his first game in the National Hockey League this season, he did the job, right? He finishes with a 949 save percentage, um, 37 saves on 39 shots. And there were a, a lot of quality, high-danger, breakaway opportunities for Chicago. If Loren Brossois wasn't as good as he was, this one would have been a laugher, and that's not great. Yeah, it, it definitely could have been much worse if uh, Brossois didn't put up the numbers he did. Um, you know, just hoping that um, we 
hear some good news about Hill on uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow or by Thursday. Um, and, you know, hoping Thompson progresses quickly and, and we can get them both back. But um, as of right now, like, I don't, after seeing Bruce Law's game tonight, I don't feel like it would be advantageous to go out and try and get a goalie unless there's some long-term problems with Hill, which it doesn't sound like. So, you know, good good to know that Brossois, um was able to step in and, you know, hold it down. Yeah, thanks for the call, Stephanie. I agree with you. I thought Lorraine Brossois was was solid and got better as the game wore on. So if it's Brossois again on Thursday against the Calgary Flames, I think a little bit more familiarity playing at the pace in the in the National Hockey League, I would expect Lorraine Brossois to be just fine. And I do think that for the Golden Knights, patience right now with goaltending is going to be the most important aspect as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. 702-876-1340, that's the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Charlie. Hey, Charlie, how you doing? Fine, thank you. I wanted to comment on one of my favorite players, uh, Carlson. For the last six years, he's probably the, one of the best two-way players on the team. However, mm-hmm. he has one glaring weakness, and I'm hoping that uh, Coach Cassidy recognizes that, is when he takes a draw on the PK at least four times this year, the t- other team the loses cleanly. The other team has scored within 20 seconds. And today when they came out there, I told my wife, well, they're going to tie it now. It took them five seconds to score. I was hoping to have Stevenson there, but the coach should recognize, and last year at least five times, when he takes a draw on the penalty kill, it's, it's, you know, we always lose the draw, and the other team's already in scoring position. Do you have any statistics in terms of you know, draws on the penalty kill with Carlson. As as far as how many he's won and lost on on the penalty right. kill, no, I I, yeah, I don't it, have. It's a scary. I I don't I don't know that it's it's as as if you've mentioned like four or five times over the course of fifty seven games. That's not a gigantic sample size in terms of losing losing draws directly correlated to goals scored. Now, by virtue of I'm being saying. short. of Okay, I'm but saying by, it's four or five times they scored within 20 seconds not, when he takes a draw. Not just losing it, but they score. The other but team. It, it, face-offs, face-offs are more than just the center, though, right? Like you, you need if if there's a if there's a lost draw clean, right? You need your your wingers to jump in and try to tie up a stick. You need muddying up the track. And to be honest with you, like you look at this one, you go with you go with. William Carlson, he's one of your best penalty killers. That's why you have him out there in that situation. You lose the draw, sometimes that happens, and then the other team makes a really good play. Like Patrick Kane gets the pass over, Tyler Johnson shoots across the grain. It's not just because William Carlson lost a faceoff. Uh, I just tend to disagree. I think if they had Stevenson taken the draw, you know, that game wouldn't have gone into overtime. Yeah, I mean, you've got Chandler Stevenson trying to take a draw on the left-hand side. He's a right-hand shot. He's going to his weak side. I, I think that there's a lot of other things that, that could possibly happen in that situation. The fact of the matter is it, the Chicago Blackhawks made a play, and the Golden Knights, kind of their inability, right, their mistakes throughout the game put them in that spot. Now, Coach Cassidy have statistics on the things I'm bringing up? I would, ima- I, I would imagine that he does, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine yeah, that he does. But you, you trust your best penalty killers in that spot. That's William Carlson. Right. It's Riley Smith. Okay. All right, thanks for the call, Charlie. Um, I, it, 
especially if we're talking about four, four or five times over the course of 57 games, like it's not a large enough sample size for me. I'm not really a big face-off guy in general anyway. I, I think that there are a lot of different things that can happen over the evolution of a play that lead to a goal. Um, this was compounding issues for Vegas. It starts with Petrangelo putting the puck over the glass. It, it, it continues with a lengthy kill where you've got to rely on big-time saves from Lorenbrous while you're running around in your own zone. And then it's a face-off play that unfortunately goes right to Patrick Kane. And it's Tyler Johnson making the right play. He shoots against the grain through a screen. Like, there are five or six different areas that you can point to that led to that goal. I'm not sure that blaming the face-off is necessarily the right way to go. Uh, but again, uh, that's that's kind of up to interpretation. I will trust in every situation, William Carlson, Riley Smith, I will trust those two guys on the ice trying to kill a penalty, especially late in a game. We're back with more of your phone calls next. 702-876-1340 is the number. It's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us here. Golden Knights fall 3-2 to two to the Chicago Blackhawks in the shootout. Vegas 34-18-5, 73 points on the year tops in the Pacific Division. Um, it was a game categorized by mistakes for me, for the Vegas Golden Knights. There just wasn't enough urgency in the play, and I think that there were opportunities where Vegas could have clearly taken a lead or extended their lead in this one, and... You know, Peter Mrazek made some interesting saves, but I don't think Mrazek stole anything for Chicago. I think the Golden Knights, it was more just kind of a, a failure to um, to capitalize on some of the chances that they had. There were two-on-one, three-on-two opportunities where uh, they just didn't get the highest quality shot on net, and sometimes that's the details, right? Sometimes uh, you've got to bear down in those moments. You've got to extend leads when you have an opportunity to. The Golden Knights didn't do that, and what ended up happening on the other side of it is that when they made mistakes, the Chicago Blackhawks didn't have to come back from two or three goals down. They just had to find the next goal. They just had to find that next play to tie a game late, and you know what? To me, you play with fire if that's if that's kind of the game that you're playing through 60 minutes. Now, uh, Bruce Cassidy did talk after the, the game, and you could sense the, the disappointment, the frustration in his voice um, in that it wasn't a responsible game in front of Loren Brossois. Again, this is a guy that played as as well as he could and showed up as much as he could last year for this Golden Knights hockey team. Uh, it, it was off-season surgery. It was a long road to get back here. First NHL start in, in almost 11 months for Loren Brossois. I expected that the Golden Knights were going to go out there in front of him and play a buttoned-up, strong, defensive game, and it just wasn't there for for the majority of the night tonight. Brossois did his job. He kept it close. He gave the Golden Knights a chance to win, uh, but really this one was on the, the, the position players in front of him. It was on the Golden Knights collectively just not doing the things needed from a detail and structure perspective to secure a 2-1 victory. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. The extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 3-2 the final. Chicago defeats Vegas in the shootout. Vegas 34-18-5, 73 points 
on the year, tops in the Pacific Division. We'll just take a look at the standings real quick. Vegas, as I mentioned, top of the Pacific, 73 points. L.A., number two, with 71 points. The Golden Knights with a game in hand on Los Angeles. And in the three spot, you've got Seattle, 70 points in 57 games, so three points back of Vegas. Then you've got Edmonton and Calgary. Edmonton, uh, three points back with 70 points, and Calgary, 10 points back. So good math there for the Vegas Golden Knights. As I mentioned before, the Golden Knights will next be in action on Thursday inside T-Mobile Arena at 6 p.m. It's a 6 o'clock puck drop, an hour earlier than normal, so plan accordingly if you are going to the game. 5 o'clock pregame show for that one as well. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Postgame Show. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio, keeping us on the air, making everything sound great. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your postgame show. It's not as much fun without your calls, your thoughts, your opinions, and your input. Until Thursday night, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.